We are back here on Orange Overtime. This is Adam Campos. I'm with my guy, Tyler Schiff. And with school starting in a couple of days, it's been a hectic few weeks for the both of us, moving or getting ready to move back to Syracuse. So we're glad that we're able to get you this episode. We'll recap and dissect a little bit of Syracuse's last few games. And we have the preview of the highly anticipated Duke game. Don't forget to follow us on our socials at Orange Overtime and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify. So getting right into this, wasting no time. Tyler, we got a lot in this one. First, let's hear about the Wake Forest game. Yep, that uh, that Wake Forest game, that was a tough one. You know, you come straight off a, of, you know, you were leading Miami away, 18, you're up by 18 at the most, 14 at the half. You blow that game completely. Um, you know, you hopefully want to bounce back at Winston-Salem against, you know, this Demon Deacons team is not crazy by any means, but, yeah, they just couldn't get the job done. Uh, final score of 77-74, narrow, narrow three-point loss. And um, I think straight away I just need to highlight Alondis Williams, who uh, is, you know, one of the veteran players, recently transferred into the Wake Forest program. And he was one of those guys that had, you know, a very lackluster or mediocre 2020 to 21 season where I think he averaged slightly shy of or slightly more than 10 points. And now he's the go-to guy for Wake Forest, averaging 20-plus points or, or something something like that. Um, he's a 6'6 wing, and he can really do it all. And um, it, was, it was him mainly that completely tore apart this uh, orange defense and gave Wake Forest this win. Yeah, no. I mean, he he pretty much was able to get anything he wanted in this yep. defense, and especially a guy a guy like him at his stature and everything. And he just he was able to he was able to get inside. He was able to to pretty again pretty much he was able to get any shot that he wanted. So when you got a guy flowing like that, especially in his zone, it's gonna be a long night for your for defense sure. easily. <laughs> so and I mean from Syracuse, like we kind of noted. Jimmy was pretty much the bright light of this yeah. game. And he did play well, but again, didn't have the most efficient night. We're not going to really talk about the efficiency and everything. It was still solid. He shot over 50%. But, I mean, ultimately it comes down to the defense for Syracuse. I mean, we all we always know that's what we've been harping on. <laughs> uh, and this is just another one of those games, again, where the defense wasn't really – well, honestly, when you got Alondis Williams going off like he did – it, your defense isn't working right then and there when you got one guy pretty much beating your entire team. Yeah, and I mean, the zone defense that Syracuse is so well known for, I mean, if you look at that setup, it should be almost picture perfect when it comes to defending Alondis Williams. And I mean, the guy had a great game. I mean, even though he's not known for really shooting the ball, he shot at a very high clip, pretty high efficiency that game. But still, like, this guy's, his, his final stat line reads 25, 12, and 4. Um, and so yeah, that's a that's a good game. Yeah, so I mean, that was a very. I good mean, game. ultimately, uh, I, again, we could chalk it up to bad Syracuse defense. Um, and I agree with you that defense does have to improve. But um, you know, maybe starting off our podcast with a rare positive side. Um, maybe you know we just let this guy go off, and uh, you know he's been playing great in the ACC so far. Um. Yeah, so let's just chalk it up to this this one guy had a great game. And, you know, actually on the 29th, when Wake Forest comes to the Dome, hopefully that isn't the same story. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, just you, you look at it, it's like Syracuse numbers in general, like 36% from the field, 27 from three point point land. It, I mean, just overall, it just wasn't a good game for Q's. They put up 74 points, mm. which is a solid outing, but they gave up 77. I mean, obviously. so there's a loss right yeah. there. And I mean, this is an, Wake Forest is another, which we went back to that Miami game. These, these last, those last two games with Miami and Wake Forest, those are two teams last year that weren't even thought of exactly in the exactly. ACC. And then next thing you know, Miami's having the season that they're having. After, and then Wake Forest is thirteen and three themselves. They're three and two in conference play, but still thirteen and three. They're having a solid season. So I mean, when we when we had said going into ACC play that no game is going to be easy for Cuse, no game has been easy for Cuse. Maybe except Pittsburgh for sure. Maybe except Pittsburgh. So if we kind of segue into that Pittsburgh game to get into a win, the win conversation, which we would like to do more often. And this was this was a good good win for Syracuse. Bottom line, we we noted it. It's an essential win for them, especially after coming off losing two games in a row. Oh, they come to Pitt and they handle business at home. Yeah. So this Pitt game, you know, it ultimately helped Syracuse get back to 0500. Again, that's not the record you want when you're, you know, arguably, you know, taking the first steps into the second half of the season. But, I mean, 0500 is 0500, and, you know, they'll... I expect them to kind of teeter around that area and kind of stay in that area. Hopefully, you know, maybe there's a maybe there's a, a, a later season spark, and, um, you know, they jump up in the ACC um, in, in league play, but... As of now, this Syracuse team does look to kind of stay in that 0500 ballpark, and yeah, Pitt Pitt was a much needed win, um, especially after two straight losses. By no means, by no means is, is Pitt like one of those ACC giants, one of those blue bloods, but um, you know they have a decent squad, um, a few you know shining stars here and there, but um, I think. Uh, they did a good job limiting um, John Hewley, which is Pitt's go-to guy. Um, he's more of an inside player, and so it's good to see that not only is this zone preventing um, outside jump shooters, poor outside jump shooters, but now they're they're kind of gelling together and grouping together, clogging the middle, making sure that they're boxed now and finding a man, which is really hard um, in a zone. And uh, yeah, I, what I just described is what John Hewley does so well for the Panthers, and he wasn't able to capitalize on his his opportunities because there just weren't many. That's that's how good Syracuse did in this uh, seventy-seven to sixty-one win. So I think that you know, yeah, this was a huge positive. Um, yeah, but go ahead. It it was just a game. Yeah, like you said, that's a great way of, to what I was gonna say. It's just a good game for them to kind of just recollect get themselves together again after two pretty much pretty heartbreaking losses honestly yeah. especially that Miami mm-hmm. game and, and then also too just in the second half they 42 to 27 when you hold a team to 27 points and a half that's a really good defensive half so to kind of see what has been a struggling defense all year I mean to see them um, actually have a half like that and then close out the game and then also too what we've been kind of noting as we've seen become a pattern they kept the ha- they kept the lead after halftime. This was a game 35-34. They were only up one, but again, it wasn't another halftime lead that they ended up losing the game afterwards. So this was a strong second half performance from Syracuse, which ultimately, if they're going to want to try to get any type of 
confidence mm. going into ACC ACC tournament mm. play, they're going to have to start performing in those second halves. And I mean, kind of to, to segue off, because again, they, we want to keep we're keeping these <clears throat> last few games since we had a lot of games yeah. go on in between episodes. Yeah. Brief, but you talk about that conversation of okay, they're going to stay within that five hundred yeah. range. So staying in that five hundred range, looking at that, we're probably not going to see NCAA tournament. I think I think at this point in the season, I think at this point in the season it might be tough to see that, uh, especially with if they get to like 10, 12, 13, 14 losses. I, I don't see a fourteen loss team getting into the tournament. Yeah. So, yeah, dude. Uh, you, you I I mean, you want to ask maybe NIT? Yeah, but hey, come on, this is Syracuse basketball. Like NIT, you know, no offense to. Tons of talented teams that have appeared in the NIT tournament year after year, but I mean, the, this rich culture that Syracuse holds and and the pride that they have for this program, um, you know, NIT just isn't good enough in my opinion. Like you need to be competing in the Big Dance, March Madness, year after year, and um, especially coming off such a like a, an awesome run, um, eventually losing to Houston in the Sweet Sixteen last year. Um, you know, signs pointed to to Syracuse having a, a, a very a, an awesome season this year. It just didn't pan out. It, it was one of those ones again. We said on paper the Syracuse team yeah, looked very promising, yeah. on, and then we get to it, and it's just been yeah, it's been everything pretty much the opposite of what we had expected from this. Because I, I was coming into <laughs> the season really confident. Yeah, that I you you were too. Yeah. Yeah, we were both excited. Um, we've harped on this many times in our past episodes, but hey, it's it's our first semester for both of us to be on campus. Um, we were, you know, expected to be treated to some great basketball. Um, but yeah, the sad truth is it hasn't really gone that way. Um, but you know, not to go off on a tangent or anything, but you know, we'll 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 preview this more as the time comes closer and closer. But mm-hmm. ACC, anything can happen in this ACC tournament. Um, I think that, you know, even though Syracuse's record was a lot better last year at this point of the year than it is this year, um, they were still a bubble team, and ultimately it came down to a very, very strong showing against Virginia in the ACC tournament before, you know, they crashed out mm-hmm. due to a last-second buzzer beater made by Reese Beekman, who plays for the Cavaliers. Um, and so, you know, that just showed everyone that Syracuse was a team that was meant to belong in this March Madness tournament. Um, and ultimately, that's why they bounced off the bubble and into the tournament. So um, I think if they, you know, have a strong showing in the in the latter half of the season and then take that momentum and go into ACC uh, tournament play by, you know, winning one or two games, you know, I mean, I would say the ceiling for this team, again, depending on whether they actually find their... their um, well, they actually make their rhythm, their rhythm, their runs um, in the latter half of the season. Um, you know, we're looking at an ACC tournament semifinal team. I really think that. I really, I really, really do. Even though you know the resume thus far has said opposite, has said otherwise. Yeah, and and I I could I could agree with you. I can honestly see a semifinal because this team, as disappointing as it as it has been, again not going not meaning to go off on this tangent, but I think this point in the season it's kind of it could be appropriate too you got to think this team has is capable enough to beat these good teams yes. 
They've shown what they've shown it against Villanova. They've shown a great win against Florida State. They've shown a great win against <laughs> Indiana. Uh, I mean, this this Syracuse squad is more than capable of winning these big games for sure. But they're extremely capable of dropping easy games that they should be winning as well. So that's the thing. It's just on the matter of whether they're gonna switch. They're gonna flip that switch, as I was talking about in a, in one of the past episodes. If they flip that switch once it gets into this latter part of the season, and and Buddy starts being playing more consistent, just everybody across the line starts playing in a more consistent and better way, mm-hmm. we can see we can somewhat have some daylight in the ACC tournament. Yeah, but if they if they keep going on this trend, exactly, I I, I don't know I don't know I don't know yet if I could really say semifinal. Yeah. I, I I see why you say that, yeah. but I don't know if I could say semi semifinal yet. And I'm looking at the NIT talk, talking about the NIT. Yeah. You're looking at even some of the records of the NIT teams. I mean, there's only two teams, three teams, with more than ten losses in the NIT. Yes. And so even the NIT even the NIT is going to be tough to make. Yeah, that is very true. And I mean, this pit game uh, was played on January 11th. Fast forward to today. Um, we'll recap the uh, FSU loss that you know followed the pit game. But um, fast forward to today, I mean Syracuse are nine to nine, you know, and they play Duke next, mm-hmm. and you know we'll get into the preview of that later on. But hey, I mean you're playing the number six ranked team in the country, you know it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like we're gonna go from nine and nine to ten and nine, but rather nine and ten. It- yeah. yeah, and and that it's just the bottom line. I mean, ultimately, but again, as we said, who knows? This Syracuse <laughs> team might pull something out 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 there behind, and they may have a solid showing. I mean, that would that would be great for them if they could pull off that win. No, because then that'll put them that'll put them back somewhat on the map. And the fact, oh shit, Syracuse. Excuse my language. Syracuse beat Duke. I fully agree. Like that's a good that's a good dub. So, I mean, especially they got a good so. Kind of segueing back yeah. to, to the other games. FSU, as we know, FSU was a tough was a tough loss. So talking a little bit more about that one. Yeah. That was another that was another game a halftime lead was yeah. lost. Can I just say that I, I, I mean can, can I just say that I love how critical you are of Syracuse basketball, yet episode in and episode out, you constantly seem to 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 end your final verdict of each episode seems to be that we should still have hope in the Syracuse team, and I love that. I love that passion. I love that enthusiasm, and because because I know I know how it is as an athlete. You never you it's that athletic side of me. I'm just like you can't you never until the season is done. You don't you don't quit. exactly you don't buy out of it. You don't you don't sit there and just be like nah this season's over. This is done. This yeah. is done. You just you never know what a team can pull off when they put together something special. It's just a matter of this Syracuse team, whether they will put something together and when will they put something together. Yeah, and and hey, the players have, players on this team have to you know have that same mindset as you do. Um, and yeah, I think I agree with with your take. I think that you know it's it's never over until the fat lady sings. Um, and yeah, let's let's hope for the best for the for the rest of this uh, league play and then into the tournament. But yeah, you um you yeah. started talking about the FSU game that ended seventy six seventy one in favor of FSU, and you know as we remember going back a while ago to the first game of this ACC league play, um you know 
Syracuse had a hard-fought, gritty win in uh, Tallahassee against the Seminoles. Um, and so, you know, obviously it would be nice to sweep FSU um, this time at home. Sadly, that, you know, wasn't what happened. But, yeah, again, you talk about losing mm. games of very, very little margin and having those games lost in the second half. And, mm. you know, if we're talking about how hopeful we are for the Syracuse team, um, if our wishes were to come true in, the la- in, in, in their performances um, improving the latter half of the season, I mean, dude, this is like you've got to change that like out of all the i mean it's a it's a series of little issues that ultimately leads to the biggest issue which is exactly. they need to finish games i think like even in that even in that wake forest loss going back to that wake forest loss that game even though the first half and second half were both neck and neck that game was lost in ot where syracuse didn't make a i think they made one field goal compared to you know obviously numerous wake forest field goals and so it's at the end of the day it's always about finishing games finding the discipline and the urgency um, whether it's the second half or ot um you know just to just to get a hard-fought win mm-hmm. yeah no and i mean it's like you, you talk, we go back to this fsu game i mean you look at it too fsu when you shoot 60 percent from three that's that's tough to yeah and it's it's not even like they took many <laughs> shots i think what was so critical to fsu's um success in terms of percentages in in terms of shooting percentages sorry um they were just so smart with their shots i think that it was the type of shots they yeah could, yep. yeah it was just excellent shot choice um and you know go back to their their loss against um the orange uh at the the for the first game of acc play you know, both teams were just clanking, bricking everywhere, left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. And so now, um, you know, I think FSU has, has gone the time to gel together a little bit. Um, they've kind of figured out who to give the ball to, um, who should be, you know, the dominant ball handler. And, you know, if it results in numbers like this, they're on the right track. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, we knew we knew this FSU team. They were, they're a talented squad. They, Leonard Hamilton has really put turned that FSU program around. He's been he's, – he's really made it a top-tier program sure. within NCAA For basketball. Sure. So, I mean, to see that if FSU is going to keep kind of going on this push and then they, they ended up beating Duke, yep. I mean – watch out for FSU I mean they were a team last year that to watch out for they were in the top four seeding of the NCAA tournament so I mean this FSU team is nothing short of like of an elite team yeah. they're, they're good that program is good so I mean this this would have been an, it would have been better obviously for Syracuse to get this win especially coming off a sweep like that that would have been a good sign for them showing a little bit more promise but Again, when you when a team as FSU when they played as disciplined as they did in this game and shot as well as they did, uh, that's that's a tough that's a tough way to win it. Or that's a tough game yeah. to win. I mean, obviously we we did see Cole Swider four for seven from three. That's always a good sign when we see exactly. him getting going. Yep. And and he and like we said, it's one of his better offensive report performances overall yep. this year. And I mean he's another person we're going to kind of see him kind of get into flow a little bit more buddy had some pretty good good um he had a good outing in this mm-hmm. game gerard turnovers were a problem but yeah, they were uh, it's still yeah i mean so we saw some we saw some highs in this game 
but we ultimately when it comes to a loss the loss does overshadow a lot of the highs you know what though i will say that so fsu had just recently beaten you know current acc leaders miami you know huge surprise that we that you touched upon earlier in this episode um you know they've been louisville and then right after beating syracuse they went on to beat duke and so mm-hmm. i think that you know the margin that syracuse are losing these games um you know to two of the top acc teams now i mean the narrow loss against miami the narrow loss against fsu um you know again i think you know some could say i'm just fishing for positives you know not (laughs) not really having a strong basis for why i should be so positive but Mm -hmm. um i don't know i still think that positives can be drawn from losing to these these big programs these um you know programs that are doing so well this season by so little i think you know there could be positives drawn from that and i think you know syracuse is just so close they're just one or two steps away from you know perfecting the defensive scheme perfecting the offensive planning um and yeah i think again i mean sky's the you just you just gotta you gotta ask yourself though it's like as close as they've come in these games though how many more games until they actually that's the thing clutch it up and come and come through that that's the question you gotta ask yourself it's like like all right we can consistently we can pull positives from these games close games you could always pull a positive yeah. from and there were like even and i remember with the Be- the Bayheim uh post game interview they actually did have pretty good late game execution they just couldn't push that run anymore they kept trading baskets and it just wasn't happening so towards the end of the game they did get some they did look better in terms of the offensive end but again it's just you want to push that momentum into a win yeah, for sure and these bit these close games against these good teams you eventually you got to push it over yeah. and 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 if you look at the the Syracuse football team actually this year they were they had so many wins i mean sorry not not wins definitely not wins <laughs> they had so many losses <laughs> that were just so close and so you know the next time they faced a powerhouse like Wake Forest or Clemson you would think to yourself, this is the this is the game. This is the game where they don't lose by a final second field goal. But, you know, that game never came along, even though um, there were many telltale signs that, you know, might have led one to believe that, hey, this was Syracuse's game against uh, ACC Powerhouse. And, yeah, I guess that's the biggest fear we have for this team is that, you know, they get so close, yet, you know, that, that final step is never reached. Um so yeah, I think, but I think it's great that we're hopeful, and um, Syracuse and the Carrier Dome needs hopeful fans like us, um, you know, to bring the Loud House back after, you know, fans have been away from, uh, with COVID and everything. Um, so yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I I still think my I'm I'm holding my hope, um, high. I ho- I'm sorry, I'm holding my hopes high, and uh, yeah, hopefully they can um, finish the season strong. And and they did just that yeah. coming off the FSU loss against Clemson. Um, so yeah, just talk a little bit about that and how that Clemson game was, you know, a pretty convincing win to help Syracuse go back to 0500. You know, in the, in this Clemson game, they they looked good. Pretty they much did. The they did. They did. I fully agree. I mean, they for 40, 40 points first half, fifty one in the second half. Anytime you put up a fifty point half in a college game, that's pretty damn mm. good. So. 
I mean, Syracuse this entire this entire game they look good. You got Buddy dropping 25. They shot 53% from the field, 40 from three, compared to Clemson's 29, and which probably honestly won them the game. They out rebounded. Rebounding has been a lot better this year compared to last year. They're, they're, they out rebounded Clemson as well. So I mean, overall, no. And this in this game, it, like you said, it was a it was a convincing and it was a needed another needed win for them to kind of get that momentum going into who the Duke game. So I mean, like I said, this one just overall, I mean, they they moved the ball, they were disciplined, they looked good, they got the shots that they wanted for the most part. Mm. All right, nothing really. It didn't really seem like anything was forced in this game. It looked really smooth. very true, very true. Um, I I completely agree. I think that's such a that's such a sense essential part that's overlooked is that when Syracuse doesn't force their shots and instead lets the game come to them, um, you know you see a lot of positives. I think yeah. I think you talked about you know the stellar game that Buddy Beheim and Joe Girard had. They you know both of them they ended up finishing with twenty three and twenty five respectfully, and mm-hmm. like come, I I just think like. With that backcourt tandem shooting the way they did against Clemson, like you can't, like I don't know, the Syracuse team is really, really good when you know the shooting goes down, when the shooting percentages are up, when people are efficient, um, and then you know combine that with very, very stellar Jesse Edwards play that has been going on through wins and through losses, you know Syracuse kind, they they kind of turn into that team to beat. They kind of turn into that team that. You know, you look at it and you're dreading playing them. I, I really feel that way. Yeah, no, really, it's it's that it's that point where you see like, no, this team, they have it, they have it there, they have they they can really do something right, with this right. team. And, and I mean, in this Clemson game too, you saw Saimir put in. He put he played 14 minutes, and in those 14 <clears throat> minutes, he played really valuable he minutes. Saimir Saimir looked really good. Yeah. And again, uh, you got Benny out also. Even though he only played five minutes, he looked he looked more comfortable in the midst of that. I know, I know. On this I know game. you saw that big block. I know you did. Yes. So, and that's what I'm saying. To see a freshman come over on the help side like that with the block, I mean, that's always that's always a nice sign to see. So, I mean, no, they no no the Wait, bench. Sorry, I, sorry, I, sorry to interrupt you again, but I like how you highlighted that. Like, you look at all these highlight accounts and all these, you know, these Twitter accounts just putting up the highlights, and you see Benny Williams snatch it out the air, which is impressive enough. But what's more impressive is that he's, you know, while he's on the far side of that zone, his head's on a swivel. He's looking. He knows when to drop down next to the hoop for help side defense, and then his athleticism just takes care of the rest. But you know that IQ exactly. that you see developing, um, where he's there on the health side for the block. You know that's such a positive to see. Yeah. Yeah, I know, and I mean that's the biggest thing. That's that's what's been been a problem with Syracuse is that they've been late on a lot of their rotations this year. So I mean to see see Benny, and he's done it a few times this year where he's had those big blocks coming off of the weak side, right? and helping the helper. That's the biggest thing. You want to help that big man as soon as he as soon as he goes out with the the wing. And down to that short corner, if he's that second line of defense. So if he's not there, it's a layup to kick out something. So, I mean, so that's good. That, that was honestly, it was good to see how well set Benny was in this defense this game. Again, just overall, this is a win that you can confidently say, like, no, they looked good. Exactly. They gave up 78 points, but again, they scored 91. Mm. So that means the offense was really flowing this game. They just, they were, they were together. They weren't really... He, 
they weren't scattered either. Mm. I, I think this game, they were a lot more put together yeah. again. So, I mean, this this was a great win to lead into Duke. For sure. And and before we get into that Duke preview, by the way, easily the biggest matchup of this ACC um, league play so far. Um, but yeah, so, you know, just to recap everything, they're, you know, following a Miami loss, they lost to Wake Forest, they bounced back and um, beat Pitt, and then, you know, they fell again to FSU before going back to 0500 um, by beating Clemson, which we just covered. And so, you know, this Q's team is now ninth in the ACC before going to play Duke. They're 9-9 nine and nine overall, an 0500 record, you know, one of the, you know, worst of the Jim Beheim coaching era. Sad to say that. No, it is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it um, is the worst. But, you know, I, you have some stats. You, you did some research about some of these stats. And, um, yeah, just kind of go through what you see from this Syracuse team so far statistically and before we go into this Duke preview. So this is about that point of on paper that we made. All five starters for Syracuse is averaging in double-digit mm. points right now. From a, from what I saw, uh, I, I want to say I saw it correctly. I don't think I'm that delusional in the <laughs> fact that I completely misread it. But all five all five starters are averaging over 12 points a game. So when you got a team that's actually able to put the ball in the basket like that, that's rare. That is exactly. rare when you have a full starting lineup that can actually put together or double digit across the board. Yeah. So, I mean, to see that, I mean, that's that's why you know, too, Syracuse, like, they can get out and score. They've had those 80, 90-point games this year. If I look, yeah, the lowest out of the starting lineup right now is Jesse. Mm. And then you got Cole. at So you got Jesse at 12.2, Cole at 12.7, Gerard at 13.9, so 14. Jimmy's averaging 14, and Buddy's at 19. Yeah. So, statistically, in terms of points per game and everything, they look great. Right. They really right. do. They're and and that's the thing. They are overall in NCAA Division One. They are the thirty seventh highest scoring team in the country at seventy eight point seven points per game. That is not bad at all. So no, but not at all. There's over three hundred teams in NCAA Division One. But you see, I think that you know, although those stats lead one to think that you know Syracuse is offensive powerhouse. I think another huge stat that must be, you know, taken into account is that even though you have these five starters that are, you know, scoring over double digit points, you know, you look at that stat and you're, you know, completely blown away, but Syracuse are also dead last, dead last in that, you know, you talked about how how many teams are exactly in D1 basketball in the NCAA. They're dead last in D1 basketball in bench scoring. And so, you know, we can talk so much. We can talk so much about, you know, the time that Jim Beheim needs to give. Um, you know, Benny Williams, Simon Torrance, Frank Anselm, uh, most notably those three. Um, we won't get into it, you know, this episode. But that I think that's a crazy stat. And I think that takes away. That's horrible. That's horrible, yeah. And I don't know if it's a matter of giving them more minutes. I Surely, I guess Jim Beheim doesn't think they're ready, um, but I don't know. I mean, some some of it has to do with the minutes. Don't get me wrong; yeah. some of it has to do with yeah, the minutes. For sure. But at the same time, it's like, what's it called? It's yeah. I guess the question is dead. Dead last. Yeah. The qu- that's not. But good. The, but the question is like, 
if you give them more minutes, are they going to contribute more to the scoring? Because well, like, and you saw okay, yeah. see, you saw you saw Saimir. He he had fourteen minutes, but he still only put up four That's points. What I'm saying. So yeah. it's yeah. I mean, I guess you look at that, and you don't really know if you can. If they're not going to put up those points, you don't really know if you can give them those minutes, especially if the scoring from the bench has been one of the biggest issues this year. Yeah, I agree. And and I think, you know, a lot of the substitutions that are made where the bench is brought on into that rotation, you know, they're for defensive purposes too. So, mm-hmm. exactly. you know, maybe you play a little offense-defense, you know, put that batch of players in, take them out when they're on offense. Again, so many factors lead to that. I just thought I had to, you know, put out that, stat that they're dead last in division one basketball in bench scoring it's just it's insane especially for a program like i talked about as you know amazing as syracuse has been for so many years it's like come on come on guys no exactly no that that's not that's not a good sign at all because i mean from good teams whether it's nba college good teams have good benches yeah these great these championship teams have great benches so i mean and that and like for Baylor, for example, last year, they were 8-9 deep. They they were deep. So, I mean, to see Syracuse not get any... Pretty much, they're getting no production from their bench at all. Yeah. With that. Yeah. I mean, so there's not... There's really not... He doesn't have that much flexibility, if you really think about it. So, But again, they recruited these guys, but that's a whole other conversation if we're going to talk about recruitment, because they do got a good class coming in next year, so can't, can't be mad at that. <laughs> and I mean... What another stat we've been harping on the defense? They're overall, while they may be top fifty in scoring, they're three hundred fifteenth overall in uh, points allowed at seventy five point seven points per game. Yeah. So that that trading those trading baskets aren't going to work. Yeah. They can't be. You can't do that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, we talked about unless you know, buddy and buddy and Joe go for like twenty apiece, and then. You know, all your other players and all the other positions are, you know, shooting high percentages. Jesse Edwards is getting, you know, four blocks a game, which is what happened against Clemson. You know, although that sounds amazing and, you know, clearly Syracuse is capable of that. That's not something that happens every game. So, yeah, that, no. that has to change. And I mean, yeah. And then you see, and then your main guy, Jesse Edwards, <laughs> which I think is gonna, which I think is also been a factor of them losing some of these games. He's fouled out seven of the last eight games. That's yeah. That's that's not. That's definitely not what you, you want to see. No, you're not helping your team at all. Not at you're all. negate. You're negating those good defensive possessions yeah. that the Syracuse team actually has For by sure. fouling, especially in late in the shot clock with some of his fouls. Yeah. Just careless swiping down and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, dude. I think yeah. Even you've been the yeah. Even though Jesse Edwards is a junior now, like. Sometimes he just gets a little excited. If he has one or two blocks, suddenly wants to swing down on the third one. If he, yeah. you know, closes out well, next time he he wants to do another good closeout, you know, he fouls a three-point shooter. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, some of his yeah. fouls, you know, very ticky-tacky. They might, you know, in some games might not be called as fouls, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's him being, he has to be more disciplined on the defensive side He's just so gifted athletically. He has all the gifts to be a great defensive player. And we've seen so many glimpses of that in, I mean, I want to say at least every other game we've seen some crazy Jesse Edwards uh, defensive highlights. But, yeah, I mean, seven out of eight games where you foul out. Five fouls. Come on, Jesse. I mean, 
you know? Yeah, that's not, that's not good <laughs> yeah. at all. Like I yeah. said, it's just, I mean, it, it's to the point now where it's like, dude, you almost have to, you almost have to plan the game as if he is going to foul out. Bro, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, second half, four minute mark. All right. That's when we're going to lose Jesse. So, hey, Frank, <laughs> Frank Anselm, sub in, give us a good four minutes. <laughs> Get um, ready, let's, boy. Like we gotta go. Yeah, let's hope we, you know, have a decent lead at that point because you know you're not getting anything offensively out of Frank. So no, exactly. Yeah. So and that's the thing too. Jesse's been contributing a lot. He has been the most consistent player I think this year. He has. Juice, he has across the line. So the fact that he's contributing also on the offensive side too, it's even more crucial that he's got to stay in these games. Exactly. Give him an extra four minutes of play. Like, you see those mm-hmm. stats boosted, you know, I would say, you know, very, very considerably. At least one more in all categories. What I mean by that is, like, you know, another made basket, another rebound, maybe another assist, another block. You know, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, we can keep going about just Syracuse overall as a team, but let's get into what we really want to talk about yeah even though we've spent a lot of time on the previous stuff i mean we did have five games to cover yeah. it was a lot yeah i mean me me being in hawaii a lot of other stuff that didn't help um but we got it yeah. but again we're here we're at the duke game what's happening for this duke game number six let me hear it tyler i'm so so excited i mean this duke <laughs> team is you know we're looking at a Duke team that has a great mix of veterans and freshmen. We're looking at Duke that potentially has the number one overall pick in this year's upcoming NBA draft. Um, and so Syracuse, who was 9-9, nine and nine, is going to go play number six ranked Duke at Cameron Indoor. Mike Krzyzewski's last season as a Duke coach. And, you know, there's just so many aspects of this game where it's just going to be crazy. And hopefully Syracuse can, you know deal with that pressure, um, and come out with a win. Uh, you know, Duke is number six ranked right now. You know, losing to FSU, they'll probably drop in the rankings. But Shout out FSU. There's, yeah, thank you, FSU. Um, but there's no doubt, there's no doubt in my mind that this is easily a top 25 team. Um, and yeah, I could talk about Duke forever, but I'm just going to run through their starting five. At the five, you have Mark Williams, and he's a seven-foot monster. I mean, this is a guy that manhandled uh, Chet Holmgren, um, you know, who's, again, arguably a top three pick in this year's NBA draft. And, you know, he's a sophomore, so much upside, um, already kind of experienced, having played for um, Duke last season. And, you know, whether it's thunderous dunks or, you know, blocks, um he's going to be a handful for Jesse um, Edwards. And and I don't think he's necessarily, you know, the type of witty player to draw fouls. Um, again, that's on Jesse and his ability to stay disciplined. But that's going to be a great matchup to watch. Like, people are going to be talking about Buddy Behan, Paolo Bancaro. But this Jesse Edwards-Mark Williams matchup is going to be, I think, the thing to really look at. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that their matchup and who comes out of it is going to be the X factor of this game. But it's just going to be a great fun to watch the two big men go at it. Yeah. Oh yeah, because this is—I think this is going to be Edwards' toughest matchup this year so far. For sure, in conference play, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe when he gets to North Carolina against uh, Bacot. Yeah, big Bacot is. But Mark Williams, I mean, Mark Williams is a legit seven-footer. So I mean, and uh, we Syracuse hasn't seen like a legit seven-one-seven 
Not that I can remember so far. No, you're so, right. I mean, this no. It's, it's going to be good to see what Jesse does against him. And if he has a good game, Jesse's making a name for himself in that. That's what I'm saying. This, this, this game can just help Syracuse on so many levels. You're talking about personal confidence, team confidence, NBA draft mm-hmm. stock for all these young men. I mean, college basketball at the end of the day is such a multifaceted game. You want to you know, you serve your fan base well. You want to serve your college well. Um, but at the end of the day, you're also looking to improve your NBA draft stock. And especially with mm-hmm. Jesse Edwards being a junior, if he can put it in a strong performance against Duke, continue that for the rest of the season, come back for his senior year, produce the same numbers, you know, we're looking at an NBA player. And the only problem is he has to do all this starting against, uh, you know, a certified future NBA player in Mark Williams. Um, yeah. And then, you know, the wings, uh, I mean, sorry, at the power forward position, Paolo Bancaro, we talked about him. Arguably, you know, the number one pick in this NBA draft. It's either between him and Jabari Smith of Auburn. You know, two guys who play very, very similar styles of games. Big guys who can move like guards. A um, lot of comparisons to, you know, one of the greatest NBA scorers of all time, Kevin Durant. And uh, it's going to be interesting if he can just take this game by the neck and really just give to Syracuse. I mean... I think I think his go-to move is a little shimmy on the baseline, you know, Kobe-esque fadeaway, and he do like that move. Yeah, I, I ref, what game was it against? I I think it was against Gonzaga. Yeah. He hit that little shimmy move, and that was tough. Yeah, falling on the on on the strong leg. Oh yeah, no, for sure. He he's got the moves. For he's sure, he's got the moves for sure. And um, you know, it's it's gonna be really interesting to see whether this two-three zone, you know, coming off a. You know, we talked about them letting you know Clemson score a lot. Um, ultimately, they kind of outscored Clemson, but you know, hopefully, this uh, Syracuse defense can hold strong, force Bancaro to shoot the outside shot. And by no means is he bad um, from the perimeter, but you know, obviously, you want him shooting the three rather than getting to a spot um, in the mid range. Yeah, so mm-hmm. if, if if they shut down Bancaro, by no means is that going to be you know a hundred percent promised win. But, you know, it starts. It really starts with limiting Duke's star player um, to as, as as few points as possible. It's gonna be it's gonna be similar to what they had to do against Indiana. Yeah. Even though yep. Duke is is more talented, they have other guys like like we have noted Wendell Moore. I mean Wendell Moore. We know he he's a re, he's a reliable old player. He's a junior. He's experienced, and he's he's one of those guys that he's he's gonna go no matter what. He's gonna be that player, whether he's not shooting well, whether he's shooting well, he's always gonna be going. And then they got Trevor Keels. So this this team is a lot more talented than Indiana by all means. Yeah. But ultimately, what we've seen in these other games is that the teams have slowed down Paolo. And when Paolo gets slowed down, you know you got to rely on the other guys to really help you out. For sure. So it's it's gonna and just as Indiana goes with um, TJD, it's gonna be the same thing here. And Cuse has just got to. This is a very. This is one of Duke's more dominant teams in recent years on the inside. Mm. So I, I think ultimately when it comes to that zone, it's gonna be trying to keep them out. That's the biggest thing. Just as they did against Villanova and kept Villanova out the middle in the first half. Yeah. Just as they did, even though TJD had thirty 
it was like a quiet 30 <laughs> and they did they did a good job of not letting them really dominate inside so it's i think this this is another one of those games where duke is just really i mean syracuse is just really gonna have to buy in and not let anything get into the middle if they want any chance at winning this game because as soon as duke starts getting in and dominate d- dominating inside it's over yeah very true and i mean by no means are they you know limited on the perimeter we talked about ben Crow being able to shoot that three but you know they have a sniper their very own sniper in trevor keels um mm-hmm. and you know you also talked about wendell moore um kind of the captain of this starting five at least um and you know his game has just improved in all he you know he's improved tremendously too that includes the mm-hmm. three-point shot but again you really have to look out for trevor keels but will keels be playing and will he be playing in this game and you know that's you know a huge question it's all up in the air um you know the freshman ended up leaving the fsu game which they later lost due to injury um i believe it was a lower leg injury and so without keels this duke team is completely changed they're gonna have to bring in aj griffin who's a freshman forward he's having a stellar season but hey he's no keels in 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 the way that he can completely replace um keels's defensive prowess and 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 sharpshooting from the perimeter so i think um you know uh whether trevor keels plays or not that's going to be a huge huge um uh deal in the end um again they play man most of the time this duke team so who else is going to guard buddy Bayheim but trevor keels and so take him out you're looking at maybe wendell moore you don't think you don't think you don't think they'll put paolo on him size wise that matchup makes sense right but then yeah i guess so okay so let's just match up the the starting fives real quick right now right obviously jesse guards mark mm-hmm. uh mark williams obviously joe gerard guards uh jeremy roach the duke point guard and then honestly everything up like like those three in the middle um everything's up in the air i mean jimmy jimmy is what jimmy's six eight more like six six really oh wait no then uh, then maybe pa- no but paulo paulo is like six ten so he may he honestly i no yeah jimmy's not or no oh, jimmy i thought you said buddy i'm sorry but no jimmy's still only he what is he six nine yeah jimmy's in the six eight six nine range Okay, then never mind. Let me shut up. Yeah, then maybe no. You'll have Wendell. You'll see Wendell on Buddy. Yeah. I completely mixed up the names right there. Yeah, no, no, no. Apologies. No, you're good. You're good. I, I do think, I do think it's either going to be Wendell. I mean, obviously Trevor Keels if he's healthy. I think Shashevsky will give him a go at Buddy Beheim. I mean, he's such a dog defensively at such a young age. Why not just give him, the, give him the challenge? Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's either going to be Wendell Moore or Trevor Keels. Um, you know, if Trevor Keels is out, no doubt it will be Wendell Moore. You know, experience against experience, talent versus talent. Hopefully, it's in this. This is another case of uh, better offense beats good defense. Hopefully, yeah, that's the case. Um, yeah, but Syracuse is gonna have to be, you know, ultimately near perfect. We're gonna have to see twenty point games from both Buddy and Joe. We're gonna have to see Jesse not fouling out and containing Mark Williams, both on the but defense. If he fouls out, they're screwed. <laughs> exactly, I. I completely agree. I, I, at least if you foul out, make it the latter stages of 
the second half, like the very, like we're talking about a minute left in the second half, hopefully. And by then, hopefully, you know, Syracuse has somewhat of a lead. How true that'll be, we don't know. <laughs> we'll um, see about that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this, this, this near perfection game that Syracuse has to produce is so essential if they want to pull out and win this at Cameron Indoor. Um, and, it, and you know what, like the last note that you make about Gerard having to be good when it comes to pressure, I think this is going to be another game where you see Samir come in for meaningful, meaningful minutes. Because oh, yeah. as much as Roach and if Keels, play, if Keels plays, the amount of pressure that Keels is going to be putting on, on Gerard, I don't know if Gerard, how well Gerard's going to handle that. So I think it would be good to see Samir come in and handle the ball a little bit more, even if it has to be a tandem of Gerard and Saimir in the game, at least having Gerard come off, uh, playing off the ball, I think that'll give him more opportunity to actually go ahead and get a bucket. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see. He, I know he's not going to do it, but it would be interesting to see Jim go off of of Saimir actually running the point and then letting that flow of of Joe, of Buddy, and even Swider hmm. or come in and or Jimmy. And running that lineup more so than going and sticking with the starters. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think uh, Saimir Torrance is going to be essential because Duke's going to speed this team up. Duke loves to run and gun. They love their transition buckets. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when Joe gets a little flustered, Saimir is going to be key in slowing the pace down, getting Syracuse into their half-court sets. Um, Yeah, and ultimately just being the leader, being the major ball handler, providing, you know, strong passes to to his shooters um but yeah it's gonna be a great one saturday 12 p.m eastern you 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 always got to be excited for a duke game i don't care how bad syracuse is you always got to be excited for a duke you're always gonna have to be excited and you're always gonna have to have that little glimmer of hope that you know hopefully won't be gone within the first three minutes of the game but (laughs) that'd be terrible Um, yeah i would turn off the tv so quick i'd be like all right i'm that that's like that scenario is the perfect encapsulation of adam's you know top quote or what he loves to say on the show he loves to say basketball is game of runs and so if duke strings together you know i mean come on dude this is mike shishovsky's last season at cameron indoor and if duke starts the game off hot you have these uh, Cameron crazies, you know, with their body paint and all their, like, gear on. It's going to be a sea of blue. And Syracuse, being the team they are, under pressure, <laughs> they're going to get flustered so quickly, and it's going to be an ugly one. And then we're going to have to leave college basketball completely and tune into the NFL. But hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> I'm literally just laughing, thinking about that. Like, all of a sudden, Duke just goes off 18-0 run. I'd be like, I, I just, I would text you, and I'd be like, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, this. yeah, I'm, I'll be waiting for that text. Like, <laughs> I'll be waiting for like a what? What the hell just happened? Or uh, okay, I'm gonna go watch the Titans or something. Yeah, I'd probably use a little bit more explicit, of, explicit of a word <laughs> than what the hell. Yeah, knowing me too, but I mean, we'll see. We're just gonna see. I'm excited. Bottom line, go orange. That's my piece for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they go, you know, above 0500 again, 10 and 9. We're looking forward to it. Um, yeah, and before we close, do you maybe have a score prediction? Oh, we're doing that for this one. Yeah, um, just like out of pure curiosity. Do you want my honest or do you want my Syracuse hopeful? Um, you know what? Give me the honest opinion. 
86-67 Duke. Tough. Tough affair. Tough affair. Um, yeah, that that actually sounds dangerously realistic. I, I, yeah. I think it's going to be one of those games where Syracuse can... It, it, it's, again, Syracuse, like Villanova, they'll hang on in the first half. Second half, though, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I or think, it's going to be the opposite way around, where they... they Duke just piles the lead on in the beginning and then just holds it. So we'll see. Yeah. 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 Like I, uh, guys, I think that's a very, very realistic, uh, a score. I think that my prediction is not going to be far off from that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think ultimately, like we've talked about so many times, this is going to be a great game. So whatever you're doing, even as a neutral basketball viewer, just completely neutral, Tune into, you know, ACC Conference Play, one of the best conferences in college basketball, and see Duke and Syracuse. Um, a great shooting team with a, a, a against a, a talented, um, you know, two. it's also two coaching grades going head-to-head for one of the last times you'll ever see. So, yeah, definitely tune in. Um, but, yeah, that's all we have for this episode. Um, so you're just not going to give your prediction? You just going <laughs> away from giving your prediction. Um, you know, <laughs> you say, you're like like mine's similar, but all right, what is it though? So so I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna add a little, you know, orange fan spice in there. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'll go as far to say, I'll go ninety. One eighty two Syracuse. Oh, you say Syracuse puts up ninety on Duke? No, that's what I'm saying, right? I think I think I think like that's what has to happen. Like we talk about near perfect, but let's be honest, that near perfect is more realistic. That it's more realistic that Syracuse achieves a near perfect offensive game than defensive. So they're you know they're gonna let Duke get to like the eighty point mark, right? But then they would have to outscore them ultimately. Okay, so now you hear it. We got two, one lost, one win. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the amount of uh, trust I have in myself and my prediction, it's <laughs> it's not much, but hey, we're rolling with it. Um, but yeah, Adam, you got what you wanted. That's my prediction. Um, but that, yeah, that's all we have for this episode. Um, a little bit of a longer one this time around, but now we're all caught up and we look forward to watching that Duke game and giving you guys the inside recap to that game in episode 12. Um, a huge thanks to those you know who tuned in again um, and sorry it took us so long to catch up on these recent games but with that being said you can find episode 11 this episode and the rest of the Orange Overtime podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and remember to follow us on our socials at Orange Overtime on Twitter and Instagram. This is Tyler Schiff signing off, and we'll see y'all on the next episode. Peace.